Our world is full of confusion and perversion when it comes to the subject of love. If you want to understand true love, you must come to know the God who is love. Join Scott Pauley now as we dig into 1 Corinthians 13 and seek to go deeper into the love of God. The word is found 310 times in our English Bible. It is the word love. Now, sometimes it's called by the name charity, like in 1 Corinthians 13 where we've been studying. But always it's the same thing. It's God's love. It is God's nature. The first mention of it in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 2 in the context of a father-son relationship. I think that's beautiful. Abraham had to sacrifice his own son that he loved. It was a father's love. It was sacrificial love. It's a picture of the true love of God. It is a father's love. It is a love that sacrifices. Its first mention in the New Testament is when Jesus is standing in the baptismal waters of the Jordan and the Heavenly Father speaks from heaven and says, This is my beloved son. That's the word that's used. The, the beloved son uh, full of the love of God, full of the love of the Father, the love of the Father upon Him. It's the same word that's used in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. The last time it's used in scriptures in Revelation 3 verse 9, where the Bible says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. You see, a father's always working to show his love, to demonstrate his love, and to help us become the children he wants us to be. With that in mind, we come to our final study on the love of God. Now, all week we've been looking at God's more excellent way, the greatest thing in the world. And we've learned that it is so great because of the necessity of this love and the sufficiency of this love and the eternality of this love. But I want to end today with a note of application, and that is with the duty of love. We look at 1 Corinthians 13, but I'll remind you that chapter and verse divisions are not inspired so let's go back to the verse where it all started. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And if you go immediately to chapter 14, verse 1, we read these words, follow after charity. Literally, pursue this. One thing that God wants you to pursue is a life filled with the love of God. You see, love is not something that you simply feel. It's something that you follow. So what must we do? We must pursue a love for God and we must pursue a love for others. Remember, Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was and He said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is likened to it, love thy neighbor as thyself. So the two things we must pursue, if you want to live a life filled with the love of God, number one, pursue a deepened love for God Himself. Vance Habner said that revival is simply God's people falling in love with Jesus all over again. I hope today your, your heart will be revived. I hope you'll fall in love with Jesus all over again. You know, you grow in love as you spend time with a person. I'm going to tell you, you'll grow in your love for Christ as you spend time with Him every day. Now, the world loves to talk about falling in love as if it's thrust upon us by chance. But friends, love is a choice. 
You must choose who you will love and you must choose to do so by spending time with them and communicating with them. It's impossible, impossible to keep the second commandment if you don't keep the first. It's impossible to live a life of love for those around you if you do not love God as you ought to love God. We love Him because He first loved us. He always goes first. He's always previous. So I wonder today, would you pause and simply say to God, I love you? When was the last time you didn't ask Him for anything? You just said, I love you. I love to hear from my children. From time to time, one of them will reach out and they won't ask for anything. They won't need anything. They'll just say, Dad, I love you. How meaningful it is to me as a father. Don't you think the Heavenly Father would like to hear that today? And When was the last time you said to Jesus, I love you. Thank you for saving me. When was the last time you said to the Holy Spirit, God who lives in you, I love you and I'm so glad you've come to live with me forever. We need to pursue a deepened love for God. And then secondly, we need to pursue a deepened and daily love for others. Someone asked me recently, what's the nicest thing anybody's ever done for you? And my answer to them was very quick, without hesitation. I said, the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me is be nice to my children. Every parent will understand what I just said. May I say the greatest thing you can do for your Heavenly Father is be nice to His children. Don't you think it grieves the heart of the Heavenly Father when His children are fighting and bickering and can't get along? Oh, look, learn to love those around you. You don't learn to love by trying to love. You learn to love by being filled with the one who is love. Here would be a good daily prayer to pray every day. Thy love, Lord. Thy love, Lord. Today when you're tempted to be impatient, breathe this prayer to God. Thy love, Lord. Today when you're, you're quick to say something you shouldn't say to someone, pause for a second and pray this prayer. Thy love, Lord. You see, when the love of God gets in us, the love of God begins to flow through us. This word charity is used from chapter 13, verse 1, to chapter 14, verse 1 in 1 Corinthians 10 times. It sounds like the Lord's trying to get our attention about the kind of life He wants us to live. It's interesting, but if you go to 1 John chapter 4, the same emphasis is found and the same beautiful order is found of love for God and then love for others growing out of it. Listen to 1 John chapter 4 beginning in verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. So that's where it starts. God loves us. God is love, it says. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So first we have His love, then we have our love for Him as a response. And then you come to verse 20. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So watch the divine order. God says, I love you. We respond and we love Him back and we say, I love you too. And then watch this, please. We move from His love to our love to His love for others through us. Would you ask the Lord today to love people through you? Would you pray today, Lord, help me to love my wife more as Christ loved the church? Every wife, pray, Lord, help me love my husband like I ought to love my husband. Every parent, Lord, help me love my children like you love your children. In other words, let's pray that the love of God will become so rich and so real in us 
that it will be evident in every relationship of our lives. Pray that God will give you a love for unlovely people. Pray that God will give you a love for sinners around you and souls that need Christ. Pray that God will give you a deepened love for other members of the family of God. You see, this love of God is to be lived out every day. When we started this study, I recommended a little book, a classic book on 1 Corinthians 13 by Henry Drummond. He was a protege of D.L. Moody. And the little book is called The Greatest Thing in the World. You can find it on our website, a PDF copy, and read it for yourself or find it online. But in that little book, Drummond told of a man who read 1 Corinthians 13 once a week for three months. And he said at the end of three months, that man's life had been radically changed, totally changed because he had found the greatest thing in the world. Now we've been studying the love of God for a week, but I want to challenge you to take 1 Corinthians 13 and take the love of God as your theme for the next several weeks and months and ask the Lord to teach you what it means to truly love as He loves. It is the greatest thing in the world. It truly is a more excellent way to live your life. We would like to encourage you to spend some time meditating on 1 Corinthians 13. We all have much to learn and to apply when it comes to the love of God. Visit us at scottpauley.org to download your free copy of Henry Drummond's book, The Greatest Thing in the World. You'll also find many other helpful resources. We look forward to having you with us the next time on Enjoying the Journey.